0: I don't have to do it like everybody else. I can still have the things that, you know, light me up and lift me up. And if I can't do it like everybody else, well then maybe I don't even want to be a part of that world. I just want to do it for the the joy of doing it.
1: Yeah. Um, We got to the point of just like, I'm so used to being dead on the inside. This is weird. (laughs) Like, you know, like enjoying my life and tuning into thinking out of the box is like, not you know it doesn't feel comfortable even though that was our natural state when we were all children and i want to
0: if you keep doing exactly what you're doing you're going to keep getting exactly that's what nice. you've been getting yes. it's going to it's it's never going to change and it doesn't mean you've got to do something radical and you know move to india and live in a hut somewhere again that's
1: advised <laughs> which is
0: yeah which i wouldn't mind doing at all
1: that but it's um, something is- that's really the question there. Like catching yourself and asking, is this worth it? Mm-hmm. I love that. It's like, yeah. is this worth, first of all, just catching yourself, where is it that I'm off balance? And also like, am I bypassing? I feel like that's a big one. Like, am I trying to tiptoe and be like, let's not get off balance. Like, let's mm-hmm. pretend everything's okay. It's like, no, are you willing to lose balance and can you then you know, have the courage to find it again? Um, just
0: because something gets off balance, it doesn't mean everything's gone to hell in a handbasket it means now you understand where center is. And you also understand, because you can also, um, you can overcorrect and then you go the other yeah, way. Yeah, that's, so, that's
1: what I was picturing as you were saying, I'm like some yeah. people, they're like, well, life just throws me all around. It's like, that's that's good because you're finding that balance. And it's like, it doesn't mean that, you know, just because you tilt, you're going on center. It's like, no, sometimes you go like completely the other way. And that's that's also just like, okay, you have to find what is that center. Right. and it- Hello and welcome. I am here today with Susan McCraney, who just has this incredible journey that I've had the pleasure of witnessing. And I want to share it with you today, as well as some of the advice that she shared with me, which really shifted things for me. And this is why I have her here. Susan, welcome.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: So I'm excited to begin by asking you You know, just tell me about your background, actually, and what is it that you do? Because that (laughs) in itself, I just love that.
0: (laughs) Uh, I do a little bit of everything. Right now, I've for the past 29 years, I've been a high school teacher. I teach dance and drama. Um, Before that, I was a probation officer. And before that, I worked as a mental health counselor in a wilderness treatment facility for uh, teenagers with drug and alcohol problems, behavior issues, things like that. We lived out in cabins in the woods with no electricity it was pretty cool it was kind of the concept of taking kids out of a an unstructured world and giving them a structured kind of environment so I've done because my degree is in theater and psychology so those and theater and psychology go hand in hand anyway so that's kind of that's been kind of my path and then in between all of that I've danced professionally I've performed as an actor and a singer and doing all sorts of different things so
1: I love that. I love those shifts that, you know, so many people are like dedicated to. Let's like, you know, invest in this one profession. That's what we want to do. And they kind of put themselves in that box. And this is something that I've addressed both in my videos. And also when I was uh, a guest at other podcasts, that is just kind of like, we don't allow ourselves to get out of that box right. while you're here. Like I've been many things. And I just love when people are there. Like, you know, it's like, let's keep discovering. Cause that's really what life's about.
0: Hey, I watch that with my students all the time. They get to their senior year and I'm going to go to this college and I'm going to major in this thing. And I'm going to do this thing. And I always say, but what if you take a class and you find something that you like better or that sparks your interest? Don't, don't say you can only just do this one thing. There may be other things yeah. for you to explore, or you may already be on the right path, but it's, I always tell people not to pigeonhole themselves mm-hmm. that way.
1: Yeah. I love that. And, not to, and do you feel like a lot of people, like, especially the young people are still in that kind of like, oh, I have to decide who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. and Oh like, this is what I'm yeah. Getting married to?
0: Yeah. And funny, okay. it's its just funny that it comes up. Cause I was having this conversation with one of my students the other day and Uh, He was kind of trying to decide if he wants to stay involved in theater, if he wants to do something else, and where should I go to college, and what should I do for my career? And I was like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes for a second, buddy. You're 16. You've got years and years and years of, you know, discovering and all that. I was like, see what interests you, see what you enjoy, see what sparks something for you, and then follow that. There's no way that you can have your life mapped out that clearly, because I think about how different we are from the time we we're 17, 18 years old, just to 25, like how much you change. And it's like, you may find that you're, you have no interest in what you're talking about now by the time you get there. So I think it's always important to kind of keep the door open. It's good to have a plan, but keep the door open to other,
1: other hallways. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned that as you were talking about that, I was just thinking about myself, like how it was different, let's say my 20s and like 30s. I was like, whoa, it was a complete shift. And um, as you're saying that, I was like, whoa, you're 16. So, here in Switzerland, um, we actually have, like, the kids are, they ha- it's in grade six, actually, that they have that test that basically determines, like, the rest of their life, whether they're going to go to university, like, they're taking the university path or the apprenticeship path, so um, my kid is, like, nine, he's about to turn nine, he's there, like, okay, I have to, like, decide what is it that I want to be and who do I want to <laughs> grow up as, and, like, he, it's, it sounds funny, but he has to, and, like, like right mm-hmm. now, it's, like, okay, well, you have to figure out which path you, you want to get on. And whether you plan to go to university or not, because it's like at that young age, that's where that decision really is made. Um, yeah. So yeah, and that's that's actually one of those things. When I moved here, I was like, "Whoa, that's that's a big shift." Because like for me, like I haven't really understood kind of like that school is important up until like about eighth grade. That's where it really shifted for me.
0: It's very different at the the school I teach at now. It's a it's a pretty affluent area that where the school is in and Uh the the kids the pressure they get from their parents so early to figure everything out and yeah the fear of I don't want to disappoint my parents and they you know they want me to go into something that's secure and safe and everything else and then there's me saying do what makes you happy (laughs) do what brings you joy because you're going to spend more time in your work and your job than anywhere and you better love it because I know what it's like to have a job that you Mm. uh, you hate so it's it's uh interesting to see the kind of pressure that they're they're under and then just trying to get them to just let's dial it down a little bit for a minute and yeah you know get a bigger picture so yeah
1: speaking of pressure because we're kind of diving into the topic of you know what you're supposed to be and what you're like expected to be I love that you, you've shared so much um, about your background in dancing and how that was all about, you know, like you have to look a specific way or, you know, like there's a lot of pressure there. And actually the advice that you shared with me that we're going to share in a little bit was, you know, in regards to dancing, kind of using that mm-hmm. as a metaphor. Um, but how would you say, you know, that affected you just that whole Cause you're there so kind of yourself and it's like, no, I speak my truth. And this is like, even the way I dress or express myself, like, this is me. How did you overcome that from that environment? That was like a lot, there was a lot of pressure of being a certain way, looking a certain way, because I feel like that's one that a lot of people face that like, there's those expectations and these environments like demanded of you. And you feel like you don't really have a way out of it, but then how do you maintain that like authenticity?
0: Um, for me, especially because when it comes to uh, like singing and acting, that's something I'm acting isn't my strongest suit, but singing is always something I did for other people because I know that it was, it could be uplifting, but with dance, it was always so deep and just so deep down inside of me that it was, yes, I know people enjoyed seeing me perform whatever, Um, but the connection that I had that that's all, that's when I always say I feel most connected to God or to spirit or whatever you want to call it. Um, but when you're constantly bombarded with, you're not pretty enough, you're not thin enough, your legs, not up high enough, this isn't right. This is, you know, that you get to that point where if I can't get this thing, I love the most, right. How am I ever going to get anything else? Right. And so I spent so much of my time feeling just incredibly inadequate and if I didn't conform in every possible way that I could that I was never going to um, achieve anything or get where I wanted to be or anything like that and I am fortunate that I have parents that they never said you have to do live this way or do you know they sort of especially my dad gave us a lot of freedom to sort of explore and things like that but with with dance that carried over. And eventually I think, I, I had a pretty bad injury when I was working in the treatment center that I worked in. And I was basically told I wasn't gonna be able to dance anymore. And that makes you, because even though I was working as a counselor, I still wanted to continue performing and teaching dance and all of that. And when you're faced with losing something that you love so much, you start to decide what's more important doing it the way everybody else says I'm supposed to, or doing it the way I know I can. And if, and I, I don't know that there was any one grand epiphany sort of moment. um, But I know that there was just, excuse me, there was just a shift in realizing that I don't have to, I don't have to do it like everybody else. I can still have the things that, you know, light me up and lift me up. And if I can't do it like everybody else, well, then maybe I don't even want to be a part of that world. I just want to do it for the the joy of doing it. Um, and it's also, it's funny because I've never really felt I fit in anywhere. Um, and even in my own family, um, because I am, you know, I'm always bedazzled with jewelry and I have tattoos and I have this, people talk about thinking outside of the box. I've never seen the box. So I don't even know what it means to think outside of it. Um, and I think that's partly, that's just, you know, the way I was made. Um, but the more I started realizing that unbelievable pressure That I put on myself to be what everyone else said I was supposed to be and look like they said I was supposed to look and act the way they said I was supposed to look. I really got to that point where it's kind of, I mean, I get this image in my head of like standing on a mountaintop, just screaming at the top of my lungs, going, I can't do this anymore. And um, I think that came at a time. when I was a probation officer which is what I did after being a counselor and being surrounded by the level of negativity and horror and darkness and sadness and just it was terrible that I knew I couldn't I I couldn't keep trying to fit into that job because it would you know been successful and a solid income and blah 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 Mm -hmm. um and teaching just kind of I mean, no joke, it sort of fell into my lap. I always thought I'd be a good teacher, but I wasn't really sure. Um, mm-hmm. But once I got into that teaching environment and I started being the the grown up on the outside, looking in at what the kids were going through, it was immediate understanding of good heavens. No wonder they're so you know stressed and overwhelmed yeah. and beating themselves up all the time because yeah.
1: And what I'm you hearing know, you I, say, it's kind of, you got to see your experience as well with right. that. And I love that you said something just so that I, I'm I thinking I'm going to quote <laughs> it below the video, just that, you know, it's like, if I can't even do that thing, like my passion, right, then what the hell am I good at? Exactly. You know, what is it? What the hell that, can I do? That was really strong there. And that feeling of inadequacy it, I is like, but I love it so much. And like, this is what I'm drawn to. Mm-hmm. And even getting like a shutdown, it's like, yeah, but that's not good enough. And because we're like looking at that outside validation of like, am I doing it right? But it's really, it's like, if it's coming for me, like, it's just that energy moving through you, like, it can be wrong. Right. And, and yeah and
0: you're you get told you get I mean you get it programmed out of you yeah you know you're supposed to it, everything's got to be practical and you know yeah. 401k and your retirement plan and buying a house and you have you know whatever and to me I would much rather be incredibly happy and joyous and dead broke mm-hmm. than rolling in money doing something I can't stand to do and I can't You know that I can't find any joy because when I can't find any joy, I have no joy to offer to anybody else. I serve them no good. I'm just this big old black cloud showing up, going, "I hate my life." Yeah, and you know that's not really fair. But there's so many things I, you know, and I'm I realize now, even if I had done gone further with dance, my career would have been way over by the time I was you know mm-hmm. early 30s it's a very right. short tiny yeah. window um but i found a way to hold on to that the wonder and the the connection that i feel from dance
1: yeah
0: but still do the other grown up have you know official job and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and i think it's the even though it dance comes the most naturally to me of any other anything else but there's so many, which I obviously I didn't realize that at the time when I was deep in studying dance and all of that, but there's just so many things I learned about life and how so many things mm-hmm. about training as a dancer parallel, you know, day-to-day yeah. Day living.
1: Yeah, um, and that's actually bring me to the advice that I want you to share here that you shared with me. And um, actually as you're talking I'm like oh my god and because dance was like a big part for me when I start tuning into more of my feminine I start to move and like it, that was really different and there's just like so much healing through that and the, I know there's also you know a lot of uh, there's like dance therapists that I recently spoke with that they're like you know some people just can't express it but there's like they can dance or they can move with their body and that is just so healing of its own so I'm just like oh my god I want to have like a whole you know video with you talking mm-hmm. about that but honing in on that, you know, advice and um the advice that you shared using the dance metaphor, can you just um yeah, share here? What is yeah. that yeah? You shared.
0: Um when you're learning when you're learning certain techniques in dance, well most it, it requires a great deal of balance and everything like that. But obviously that's the technical part of it. Um but the thing is is you never you cannot understand what it is to have balance until you lose your balance you can't understand where is my center? Where is the the center of my gravity that will keep me being able to do if, because if you go into a turn and you're off balance, you're going to fall out of the turn. But if you find your balance, you know exactly what it feels like. And you're not just doing, you know, a single turn, you're doing quadruple turns because your balance is so on, on point, not to use a ballet term, but But that's the same way in life we get this idea that if it's not always everything's perfect and everything's just right and whatever but half the time we don't we don't know what that balance is because we've never been off balance because we fought so hard to do everything right and follow the rules and be responsible and on and on and on and it's truly your body you feel it you feel and it's kind of it's almost like for a young dancer it's like this this switch gets flipped and your body goes, oh, that's what it feels like mm. to be centered. Yes. That's what it feels like to be really solid and grounded. Yeah. And then you can, from then on, you can feel it when it starts to, you're starting to go off for whatever reason. In dance, it's it can be something as simple as, you know, dropping your shoulder too far or leaning forward or backwards too far. Yeah. And it's the same, it's the exact same way in life. Just because something gets off balance, it doesn't mean everything's gone to hell in a handbasket. It means now you understand where center is. And you also understand because you can also, um, you can overcorrect and then you go the other yeah, way. That's, so what I, that's
1: what I was picturing as you were saying. I'm like, some yeah. people they're like, well, life just throws me all around. It's like, that's, that's good because you're finding that balance. And it's like, it doesn't mean that, you know, just because you tilt, you're going on center. It's like, no, sometimes you go like completely the other way. And that's, that's also just like, okay, you have to find what is that center.
0: Right. And it, it's just a matter of self-correcting. Yeah. It's not, It's not one of those things, someone else, I can technically explain to you what position your body needs to Mm. be in for you to feel that, Yes. but you have to feel it yourself. You have to know what, and for you, your center of balance and your center of gravity is different than mine. We're, you know, we're different height. We're different sizes. We're different, everything. Um, Our body structure is different. So it's going to be different. So what's balanced for me may not be balanced for you. Oh man, that's just
1: such a good one. Yeah. Like I'm like loving so many levels of that.
0: And that's that's also learning that because your balance doesn't look like my balance, Mm. that doesn't mean yours is off or wrong or you're going in the wrong direction. It merely means we are two totally different entities with different goals and thoughts and passions and everything else. And it's just that it's okay if your way isn't my way. It's okay because the ultimate goal is that we're, we're all, there's never going to be a time when everything's a hundred percent, always dead center, balanced, perfect. Life just isn't like that, but it's us knowing how do we, how can we self-correct? How can we get back to, because sometimes it's things we do. It's our own choices or our own actions. Sometimes it's things that happen in life. You you know, reaction,
1: response or reaction to it.
0: Right. And it's the same way in dance. When you suddenly begin to doubt yourself or you're tired or you're overwhelmed or you're dehydrated or you're whatever, um, it's not because you chose for things to go off balance. It's not, you didn't pick it. It happens. And Mm -hmm. you have the choice to either go, Oh, I'm never going to get this right. And I can't Mm -hmm. and give up or say, okay, all right. Let's just take a minute, take a breath, step back, walk off to the side, shake it off a little bit and then come back to it because it's, you know, life is never going to be. And you know what? I don't think I'd want life to be that way because I feel like it would get a little boring.
1: Yeah. You just
0: be, you know, it's like. I don't want
1: to say the willingness because, you know, as you were talking, uh, what it kind of took me back to the beginning that we're, we were talking about how, you know, at the end of life, when you were saying it's like, um. A lot of people have this realization at the end of life of just like, oh, it's not about the money, right? Because when we're talking about like students and going into security and whatever, and so many, um, you know, it's like the regrets of the dying, like I think it was five regrets of the dying, the book and how she said that the the one that she heard the most often, this nurse who was there um, being with people uh, when they were, you know, almost ready to Mm -hmm. pass um, was that I lived a life that other people expected of me, not my own. And so many people like realize that towards the end, like it's like, oh, I shouldn't have gone after the money. I should have gone after my passion, right? Right. But it's having that courage to, which is basically you're there kind of like, let's try to not lose our balance for as long as we can. And then when you're old, you're just like, damn, I should have tried to do it the other way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and it's that willingness of the like, it's okay to lose balance because that's how, that's really how you find yourself. And I feel like- that's really an important point because a lot of people just try to tiptoe and like, let's not lose balance. Let's We don't want that. That doesn't feel good. It's like, but then you never find your center.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and it's, by the way, everybody should read that book, the five regrets of the dog. That's yeah. such a fantastic book um, because it's so simple, but it's so consistent of what people, you know, say when they're at the, you know, the end of their their physical life here it's just it's that's an amazing book um yeah i think my my dad came from way down south georgia dad was a you know sharecropper farmer all that kind of stuff dirt poor he's the only one of the five boys that ever left south georgia and went off and you know went in the military and then eventually became an attorney and was extremely successful not only financially but just his reputation um but that was never, yeah, he, he wanted to be successful and he, he loved being able to provide a certain, you know, lifestyle for our family and take us on really cool trips and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it was really more about experiences. It was never about him buy, buying us the fancy right. clothes and all that. And I, you know, still don't care about stuff like that, but um, he's still, even with all of that, to him, it was just money. It was, yes, it it gave you these opportunities and gave you the, you know, my dad traveled the world and got to go to all these really great places. Mm. Um, but, you know, at the end, really, what do you have when you get to the end? It's like the, all the money in the world and all the the financial success and all the, you know, career success. At the end, it doesn't change anything it's not going to stop time it's not going to you know heal you so you can live forever it's not going to do you any good and you know my dad went through money kind of like crazy but not not in a frivolous way it was you know being able to do things for other people and being able to um help somebody out when you know they were they were down on their luck or investing in a a friend's invention that he was trying to get you know yeah patented your dad and sounds like, like,
1: like my dad it kind of like it's like literally the same story like he was like you know dirt poor uh from the beginning and then he kind of like you know was self made and had a really comfortable life and it was the same thing it was like really easy and that would like frustrate my mom because she was there like she she was there having a good salary and she came from a wealthy family mm. but she just didn't have that because she was always in lack mentality so even though she right. had that like that foundation it just went downhill from there while right. him it was like the other way around and just like seeing mm. the difference of how people treat money and my dad was kind of like what sounds a lot like your dad's like but it's for the experiences or like oh, it's right. money goes right. like it's just like what it's like the person that you become uh with that you know what I mean it's like what experiences do you have what how do you invest like do you mm. invest in yourself or do you invest in that fake status or you know like that kind of like keeping up with the joneses or whatever you know and um yeah it's like that what, what is left at the end of it? What kind of person do you become? And that's, right. that's a big one.
0: Right, because it's not really going to matter. I mean, sure, if you can leave your kids a big inheritance or whatever, but- so what you know what what lessons did you did you leave behind what
1: yeah yeah it like, goes back to that thing because you know some people are just like well that's good i mean you contributed to your kids future it's like sure yeah but again it's kind of like are you giving from the overflow or are you giving like even that it's like oh i have to make money to give like a good future to my kids while i'm coming last you know while i'm not really living my mm-hmm. life while i'm like that's not giving for the overflow that's not like while you're there alive and present like are you actually present with your kids and like i'm pretty sure if a person has like that kind of like oh no it's just about the money i have to be there like that person can't be fully present with their family yeah. to begin with
0: yeah and i think about you know my dad i mean he read all the time and he mm-hmm. he would you know to him you know, if you want to call it church was working in the garden and being outside and getting, getting his hands dirty and, um, you know, doing ballet in the middle of the living room, even though he could not dance at all, but it was, he always had that joy and yes, he had a lot of successes in his career and all that sort of stuff, but he, he had that balance and you could always tell when, Things were not balanced for him because when he was like overwhelmed because of um, some huge trial he was working on or whatever, because he would get very quiet and kind of disengaged Mm -hmm. and not, not that, you know, that big ball of joy and he, but he was so good at catching himself
1: Mm -hmm. and going,
0: okay, this isn't worth it. This isn't, this is not how Mm -hmm. I want
1: That's really, I feel like that right there is such an important question because I do want to get to the practical aspect of this and also being mindful of the time that um, that's really the question there: catching yourself and asking, is this worth it? I love that. It's like, yeah. is this worth, first of all, just catching yourself, where is it that I'm off balance? And also like, am I bypassing? I feel like that's a big one. Like if I try to tiptoe and be like, let's not get off balance. Like let's mm. pretend everything's okay. It's like, no, are you willing to lose balance? And can you then, you know, have the courage to find it again? Um, but also just asking, is this worth it? Not necessarily like, is this worth, you know, going off balance for Cause that's kind of like the tiptoeing sometimes with the bypassing, but rather going into like, What kind of person am I becoming in the process? And what is it that's going to contribute to my growth? Mm -hmm. And to wrap up, I want to ask you, like, what are some of those, um, because you're a coach and, you know, what are those things that you would say to a person that's they're afraid of losing their balance? And I know that you have that with your students as well. They're just like, Mm -hmm. but I'm, but I'm supposed to go this way. And they're afraid of just going into that. um, Like, I don't feel safe it's not safe for me to lose my balance. How would you advise a person like that? And really going into, I want to touch on the why, like why is this important, which we kind of had. And, you know, you explained about the example of your dad, like it's just like a shift, a complete shift when a person dives into Mm -hmm. that, but going into, you know, a bit deeper into that, the why and how to do it.
0: Yeah, I think people expect there's some magical, huge philosophical answer to that. And it's really simple. This is what I have to teach my students. I have to teach them how to play because we're, we get the older we get, we're told you have to act this way. You have to keep your hands Mm. folded nicely. You have to stay quiet. You're not supposed to, you know, be silly and you're not supposed to not, 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 not. That's what grownups do. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And most of the time, if somebody calls me an adult or a grownup, I'm like, "Uh ah, don't call me that. No, because that's that connotation of that is something I don't want to be. but it's just remembering what did you do
1: when you were a kid. I'm thinking you of Peter didn't... Pan right now. It's like those right. are the kids that never want to grow up.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and the thing is, is that you can do both. You can be yeah. a responsible, mature, successful mm. adult, and you can still play. It yes. doesn't make you immature. It doesn't make you childish. It just it just makes you childlike. It keeps it's, that
1: connection and that magic right. alive. Yeah, right,
0: because that's what that's what i watch get taken out of
1: yeah. of
0: kids as they get older you're supposed to have a plan and a schedule and a you know not that those things aren't important but you cannot think about when you were a little kid when you were getting ready to play a game whatever it was if it was just an outside game you, you didn't somebody didn't type out an agenda you know from 1 to 115 we're going to play dodgeball from 115 to 130 we're You just played and whatever came to you came to you and you could pick up a stick and it was a magic wand or it was a sword or it was whatever. I'm not saying you have to go run around in the backyard like a little kid. Um, Although although it's just saying. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it's just simple things. Taking five minutes to stand in your driveway and look at the clouds and go, oh my gosh, Mm. that looks like a dragon. That looks like a dog. That looks like just that. Just giving yourself that moment to just
1: permission to begin right,
0: with. Right. To just just relax. Because it's something as little and tiny like that that will help you realize where the where do you're off balance. And that man, I work and work and work and work and work all the time. And think about it, ask yourself, when's the last time you really laughed? Like deep oh. belly laughed. The the average child, the average child laughs. 80 to 100 times a day. The average human it's under 3 times a day. Because why? Well, you're not you're not supposed to. That's why people think they're like, what is up with that chick cuz I laugh at stuff all the time because to me it's like it it releases endorphins. Doing simple things like doodling on a piece of paper, coloring, uh, playing with Legos and people say, oh, I'm not creative. I'm not artistic. Yes, you are. Every time you you pick out, you know, new wallpaper or a new bed, that's still you using a different part of your brain.
1: Yeah. It doesn't
0: mean you, you're not showing up for work on time. It doesn't mean you're not paying your bills on time. It doesn't mean you're not being su- successful in your work, but it's, it is okay to sit down and go, geez, Louise, my life cannot be only this one thing it can't be because i'm then at that point i'm I'm merely existing i'm existing i'm going through the motions and that's the
1: scary part it's like you know what you said actually i read uh one of the uh, one of the teacher was saying how he was talking about a relationship that how some people are so used to having that negative relationship it was talking about like women experiencing those men that don't show up. They're like, it's kind of like you have a car that one wheel is off and you kind of just like know that it like you're supposed to steer a bit more to the left because it's mm-hmm. like, it's it's not, it doesn't function well yeah. to the point that it's normal. So if you sit in a car that actually works, you're like, well, this is weird.
0: Yeah. It's like, what's wrong with this thing? Exactly. Like, no, and this is it, the same that thing. Right, yeah.
1: We got to the point of just like, I'm so used to being dead on the inside. This is weird. (laughs) Like, you know, like, enjoying my life and tuning into thinking out of the box is like, not, you know, it doesn't feel comfortable, even though that was our natural state when we were children. And I want to say like, on the practical aspect, because like, you know, why? Because it's kind of like one of those like, well, that would be great to do in theory when I have time. It's like, The impact that it has, right, just going from neuroplasticity, just that, you know, how your brain develops, but also just in your daily life, right, in your work, it's like you don't, you're just thinking in the box and you don't train your mind to think differently. You don't train Mm -hmm. your mind to create new opportunities, to see new opportunities, even though they're there. And this is why this is so crucial. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's that,
0: you know, I want to say to people all the time. If you keep doing exactly what you're doing, you're going to keep getting exactly Exactly. what you've been getting. It's going to it's it's never going to change, and it doesn't mean you've got to do something radical and you know move to India and live in a hut somewhere. Again, that's (laughs) (laughs) advised. Which is yeah, which I wouldn't mind doing at all. But it's something as simple as you know today when. I get off work at five o'clock, I'm leaving work at five o'clock mm. and I'm going to stop and get ice cream on the way home. Or- and I do want to
1: emphasize just how hard it was for you at some point. I know this is hard <laughs> for me as well to just like give myself time. Even like there, like, it's 15 minutes. Like, no, I don't have, to, I, I don't have the time. It's like, okay, if you don't have 15 minutes, you don't have a life. Okay. <laughs> like it's, you just don't have a life. Well, and you know, when you say this, like, oh, it doesn't, oh, it doesn't have to be like radical or whatever a lot of people, it's like, they get to that point of just like, well, I'm surviving. Like, I don't need it. And I want to emphasize here. It's like, yeah, are you going for surviving or thriving? Mm-hmm. Cause I know for me, it was like, well, I'm surviving. I'm functioning. I'm, I'm fine. Like, I don't need this or I don't need to connect to my inner child or look at the clouds. Like I've got better things to do. It's like, okay, but how, what kind of like quality of life do you have? And I, right. for me, I understood my turning point was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be that person that's there on my deathbed being like, I wished I live a life for me and not for somebody else because mm-hmm. it's really that. So it's like, what kind of quality, what is that end result you're going for? So Susan, um, where can people find you? Because this is amazing work that you do connecting to that. I want to say just inner magic, inner light within you that so many of us have shut down and really shifting that life because like i said this really shifts everything in your life your daily life completely shifts when you find when you reconnect to that deep part of yourself so mm-hmm. where can people find you
0: um well you can um always email me that's a super easy way to get me um and i put my it, email put under yeah yeah it's just dancing river 16 at gmail.com Um, Dancing River is actually a name that was given to me by a shaman that I studied with, which is kind of a cool story, but we'll tell that another time. And then you can always check out my, um, my website. It's just Susan McCraney life um, coach.com. And it has, you can also connect with me through there and it's got a little bit of my story and just kind of, you Mm -hmm. know, because people think it's, You know, I, yes, I've always sort of maintained a little bit of that childlike wonder, but I also know what it's like to work myself to death because I had to prove something as an adult, you know, and I just, that is the bit, if I can help just one person, just know that you can, falling off center is okay. Losing your balance is okay. And there's a thousand ways you can get back to that and it doesn't require, you know, brain surgery or a million dollars or anything like that it's just it's so much simpler than people you know and and i can say that because i lived it i'm not saying it because i've always been this way i mean you know that just from having it starts with
1: one yes step and i feel like just for you as well in your journey it's like it you know it's that one choice it's when you actually make a decision of this is what i want or rather like this is not you know i don't want to have that kind of deathbed experience Mm -hmm. like this is not what i want and this is what i want
0: Yeah, so I just want everybody today, go outside, take your shoes and socks off, stand in the grass and look at the clouds for five minutes. And if you're, if if you do it for longer, your neighbors might be like, what's up? But five minutes, you know, maybe you're just looking and just feeling the breeze on your face. Just, just try it. You just try it. You, you would be absolutely amazed, but you know, it's just, it's so much simpler than we want to make it.
1: I second that, make, make that like, you know, going outside and taking some present until you second that. So Susan, thank you so much. You betcha. Thank you. Thank you everybody for watching and I'll see you in the next one. Okay. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Powerful South podcast. If you found this useful, please make sure to follow so you don't miss any upcoming episodes and share it with those who you think will truly benefit from hearing this. And I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out at info at self.me. And on this note, I am sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time.